So one reason to reach out for help is because we can actually do something about it. Um, an- another reason that I- I'd encourage folks to, to reach out is because, as I'd mentioned, the-, the tendency is that they, they there's a hope that people have that it'll just get better on its own, but that's often not the case. Usually, um, when somebody has struggled with anxiety or depression for a period of time, you know, uh, it- it's not the sort of thing that will, will resolve um, without some sort of change in their life or intervention. And-, and those sorts of things are available, and they're highly effective. All right, welcome to the fifth episode of the Grains West podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Clovis. Grains West magazine is co-published by Alberta Barley and the Alberta Wheat Commission, and it's our goal to connect farmers, food, and ideas. And as always, if you'd like to read our exclusive online-only stories or to subscribe to our monthly e-newsletter, you can visit GrainsWest.com. In this episode, it's going to be a follow-up to the first Grains West podcast episode called Reaching Out. And if you have some time today or this week, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. In that episode, we discuss the fact that farmers suffer disproportionately from mental health issues such as anxiety and depression, but also that farmers and ag industry professionals are now becoming active in dealing with this pressing problem. Now, unfortunately, while mental health awareness has continued to increase, Prairie farmers have been hit really hard by poor weather. Widely dubbed the harvest from hell, the difficult 2019-2020 crop year has really complicated the lives of many Alberta farmers, already hit hard by a sharp drop in farm financial returns and two previous tough harvests. Warren Sekulik farms wheat, peas, canola, and forages and maintains a small cattle herd near Rycroft in the central peace country. He is also the Alberta Wheat Commission's Region 5 Director. Seculix's area was particularly hit hard by bad harvest time weather. Grains West Magazine editor Ian Doig recently spoke with them about how the farm community is coping with the continued tough times. What is the, what is the status of your harvest, I guess? Uh, and uh, are, are other farmers in your uh, area in a similar situation right now? Yeah, I'm, me personally, I've got uh, about 70% of my crop left out in the field right now. I've got all my canola, uh, wow. the majority of my wheat. And uh, in terms of our region, I think our region is in the uh, 40% left out. So our region is pretty significantly impacted right now, by, yeah. you know, on average. Um, I guess it's, it's been dubbed the harvest from hell in the farm media. I mean, you've heard that. Um, I guess clearly your, your area, people in your area are... Uh, are hard hit with uh, weather difficulties, uh, especially at harvest time. Um, compared to the last couple of harvests, is this one just like right off the charts? Well, in terms of like uh, yeah, crop left out, it, it absolutely is. I mean, yeah. uh, the last three out of the last four have been pretty crazy. Uh, we keep thinking that we've seen the worst one, and then we we get <laughs> another one, and we think, oh my god, you know, can can it get much worse? But uh, uh, this year, in terms of crop left out and in terms of just you know uh being powerless to to get it in just to have something come up to to stop you from harvesting this one i think is one of the the worst ones i've seen i, I know that my uh my dad and, and some of the older guys are saying like they've they've had some doozies but this one is this one takes the cake it takes the cake <laughs> uh the question the big question is have you have you noticed high stress levels in the, in the farm community out your way no absolutely there's there's significant stress levels um we seem to have a lot of cascading effects or uh, layering in terms of the issues we're dealing with right now, whether it be, you know, uh, regulatory issues, whether it be uh, weather, whether it be market related, like there just seems to be, you know, one damn thing after another. Yeah. <laughs> it, uh, so there's definitely 
pretty high levels of stress. There's uncertainty over if we're, when we're going to get this, what the value is going to be left in the crop that we yeah. get, and uh, whether or not we'll be able to market what we actually have. So there's people are stressed out. You know, those, the, the, the payments keep coming regardless of what happens with the, with the harvest. Um, I, I guess are people talking about the troubles they're having maybe in coping with all those multiple layers of stress? Um, generally, no. I don't think there's all that much talk about coping or troubles with coping. I, I just know that there's... You can't walk down the street and see another farmer without talking about it. Yeah. Everyone just has that thousand-yard stare, you know? <laughs> right. uh, people just can't believe this this hand that everyone's been dealt. And if you look across, like, it's pretty wide. It's People just are flabbergasted that... You know, generally we see we have general trends where we can generally get you know a certain stretch of weather at a certain time of the month. It just didn't happen, and yeah. people are just they're just yeah they're just shell shocked over everything right now. I guess in farming, people uh, are used to well, they're used to just getting it done, and they keep on marching. And next year's another year. Um, I guess is there a bit of a feeling that this one's this one really needs to be dealt with in some way? Uh, we, we need to we need a fix here. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. You're left with a cliffhanger sense of uh, nothing's finished, and you're also left with a sense of you're never able to plan. You're never able to just wipe your hand, wash your hands of it. You're always looking at the weather forecast. Oh, yeah. we got a chinook coming. We got, and so uh, you just you never you don't have that closure, and so you can't actually close the book and think about okay, what's happening next year, which is generally how farmers cope with things, right? You think about. Oh, what a year let's the the year is dead long live the next year right <laughs> right right situation so that closure is important and it's 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 weighing on a lot of people it's weighing on me yeah thinking about what's going to happen next year with the crop that we have to harvest and how am i going to plant it how am i going to do it in the window that i normally have right right uh with all those complications all those balls in the air and like you say people people uh basically dealing with this year round right now um would you say that uh, I, I don't know? Is, is there uh, is there any any more uh, attention than than usual this year to uh, mental health? It's been it has come up as a you know in agricultural circles lately. More attention has been paid to it. Do you do you get the feeling more attention is being paid in your in your region? Uh, well, yeah, yes, yeah. We 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 had a slide in our regional uh, meetings with the Alberta Commission. We had a slide with with contact information and everything. So. I think the fact that we're talking about it, period, in agriculture is a huge step forward. I think the last couple of years with the Daily Ag Foundation and, and just the general talk about, like, we're dealing with some pretty significant stress levels, some pretty significant loads, you know, on our mind and, and on our businesses and our, our farm and our business and, 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 our, and our family are intertwined. And I think the stress levels are there and the, we do have a bit of an outlet with these organizations and we are getting awareness we do seem to have a little bit more acceptance of, you know, you are stressed out. Uh, you have a reason to be rather than just, oh, come on, buck up, junior. Yeah. You know, yes. so that's a good, that's a good thing, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how, are, how are farmers uh, or, or the ag community in uh, starting to deal with this? Uh, do you get the feeling that uh, the message is getting out there? Yes, I think, uh, I think we are at the absolute ground level of starting to deal with it I think we are talking about it sure I think that was a, a massive step I think that's uh, maybe a generational change I'm not sure but it, I think the fact that we're talking about it 
the fact that uh, some people are feeling comfortable enough to talk about it themselves, yeah. to, 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 to share their experiences. I think it's a huge step, and I think it's a step in the right direction, but I think there's probably a long road to travel yet. Yeah, sure. Well, thanks for, uh, thanks for talking to me today. Right. Appreciate it. Thank you. Now, segueing into the Do More Agriculture Foundation, it is headquartered in Saskatchewan and has been instrumental in promoting the open conversation about farm mental health that Seculuk mentions in the previous interview. I recently talked with Do More Ag board member Dale Franzu, who farms near Glassland, Saskatchewan, about accessing information on mental health issues and where to get help. So, Daryl, could you just introduce yourself? Who are you and, and, and what do you do? Hey, I'm Daryl Fransu. I farm by Glassland and I'm uh, on the board of directors for Do More Agriculture Foundation. What originally sparked your interest in being an advocate for mental health? You know, it's kind of a funny story. Uh, we, we have four founders and Kim Keller was kind of mainly, she was the big push behind it anyways. And she put out a message and all of a sudden she had a bunch of farmers uh a direct messaging her and, and she kind of started talking to me and some other people about it and that's how we kind of came up with the idea. Um, I, I was kind of in the second realm of things but the idea that we needed something for our industry because uh, the, the numbers are staggering with uh, people that are affected by mental health issues. Now this year's harvest we all know has been particularly difficult. What resources are available to farmers who are struggling with mental health right now? You know on our on our website domore.ag uh, there's a whole section of resources available. Of course there's a there, every province has their own their own uh, helpline per se. And also you know if there's if things are are beyond your control there's there's nothing wrong with with going to the emergency room or, or going to get help yourself uh, for your local hospital or, or other realms like that. Okay, we're just going to take a quick break and tell you about an exciting event coming up in the new year. I recently caught up with Iris Mech, who helps run and organize the Advancing Women in Agriculture Conference. The next event is being held at the Hyatt Regency in Calgary on March 23rd and 24th, 2020. Iris, what makes the Advancing Women in Agriculture Conference so unique? Well, that's a really good question. The first thing I think that is different than other conferences is that we have two events a year. This makes it very accessible for uh, women to attend, whether they're from Eastern Canada or Western Canada. It just makes it that much more accessible. And it's a great opportunity for women to meet women from different uh, areas and different parts of Canada. Um, being that the conference extends from students all the way through to uh, Fortune 500 agricultural companies, it's, it's a great way to network with women all across the sector. And why is it important for females in agriculture to build community through events like these? Well, I think over the years, we just need more leaders in the industry. And so this is an opportunity to learn some leadership skills, whether they be um, uh, developmental opportunities in communications, in mentorship and coaching, networking and advocacy, uh, financial management and independence, which I think is so important for women to be independent in their finances, health, both mental and physical, and balance of life strategies, and career planning and setting goals in all of these areas, uh, I think is, is very important. And this is what Advancing Women does. Um, building relationships with your suppliers and your customers and expanding their network 
to women all across the sector, I think, is a, a tremendous way to, to help build your brand and to reach out and be able to have networks in the different areas. And it's a great way to gain unique insights from women and women from sectors all across the country. And last but not least, how can they get more information to attend the conference? They can either call me at 403-686-8407 or go to our website, advancingwomenconference.ca. Now, getting the word out about help services and resources, that's been a really important part of promoting improved farm mental health. So, so to coincide with that, we also talked with Dr. Nicholas Mitchell. He is the provincial director for addiction and mental health. Um, so, so we wanted to ask him a few questions about the province's mental health services, including its mental health hotline. Dr. Mitchell, what does Alberta Health Services provide to callers? Sure. So, uh, Alberta Health Services provides uh, addictions and mental health services throughout the province. Um, on the ground, we have addiction mental health clinics in over 135 communities in rural areas uh, in Alberta, uh, oftentimes staffed with um, therapists that um, would provide uh, assessment, um, intervention, counseling, um, and, and sometimes referral to um, more intensive services when needed. So those are available throughout the province as well. If individuals just have um, questions or concerns, um, we uh, have uh, nurses, mental health nurses, who are available 24-7 uh, through HealthLink, which is available through 811, uh, or our mental health helpline, uh, which is one eight seven seven three zero three two six four two. So if individuals have questions that are just more general about, you know, mental health, mental illness, addictions, stress management, or even questions about where to access services, um, they can find those um, regardless of where they're at in the province. And then our, our more intensive services tend to be delivered at, at regional centers, so places like our, our regional hospitals or um, regional health units. Um, so depending on the level of service you're, you're at in the province or the, the level of service you need, um, you can usually find um, more um, assessment and early intervention services closer to your home, and the, the more specialized services you need, you might need to go to a, rural, uh, or a regional center now, for it. Why should people get help if they find that they're experiencing anxiety or depression or both? Yeah, so anxiety and depression are, are very common, and I think that people tend to underestimate how much functional impact they can have. But we know that, um, you know, at, at Throughout that person's uh, lifetime, uh, the, the rates of depression are about uh, 10%, and anxiety is probably higher. So it's it's quite common, and usually when it occurs, uh, it's not just the the symptoms which which are, can be troublesome, but it's the functional impact. Oftentimes, it reduces an individual's ability to uh, fulfill their obligations, to engage with their their family, their friends. It can impact their quality of life, and if left untreated, uh, it tends to uh, linger. These sorts of conditions tend to be chronic and often don't just get better on their own. And when they're very severe, they can lead to significant health outcomes. Um, they're, you know, in their most extreme forms associated with suicide, which is always a worry. What do you suggest for people who are having trouble coping and, and just don't know how to respond or maybe hesitant to, to seek help? Yeah. Well, I think the first thing to know is that these these conditions, these situations are, are highly treatable. And, you know, oftentimes I think that um, people who are struggling with anxiety and depression can feel like there's no hope or things can't change. But, but the reality is that our treatments are, are very effective. And in fact, most uh, individuals who um, 
present with anxiety and depression can be treated by a family physician. They might not even need specialist services. And that treatment can include things like uh, talk therapy or support or can be medications if they're required. But the treatments are very effective. And so one reason to reach out for help is because we can actually do something about it. Um, an- another reason that I'd encourage folks to, to reach out is because, as I'd mentioned, that the tendency is that they, they, there's a hope that people have that it'll just get better on its own, but that's often not the case. Usually, um, when somebody has struggled with anxiety or depression for a period of time, you know, uh, it, it's not the sort of thing that will, will resolve um, without some sort of change in their life or intervention. And, and those sorts of things are available and they're highly effective. And how, what kind of resources are available for, for people in, in rural communities? Yeah, so um, as I mentioned, in our rural communities, we have addiction mental health uh, clinics. And so oftentimes, that would be a first point of contact for an individual. Although um, across Alberta, our, our family physicians are, are, are part of primary care networks, and we also provide um, um, support and services through primary care networks. So if individuals um, go to their family doctor, they can often get referred to or see somebody for support right in their family doctor's office. Otherwise, in, in over 130 communities across the province, we have a, an addiction mental health clinic where you can get um, seen by a, a, a therapist or a counselor and assessed. Uh, and that, that assessment might um, just help, to, uh, help you discern or figure out whether you, you do need any more intensive treatment. Um, if you want to find out where the nearest um, addiction mental health clinic is to you, you can find that out through the Alberta Health Services website or just by calling uh, HealthLink at 811. Agriculture and farming, it's a very close-knit community. So, so what can people do for others if they think they may be in need of help? Sure. So I think one of the things that we tend to... Uh, underestimate is the power of our natural support networks. And, you know, when individuals are, are, are struggling with anxiety or depression themselves, I mean, oftentimes the first people they reach out to are their loved ones. Um, and it, it can be hard when you, you know someone and, and care for them and, and you, you don't know how to help them or you feel like you don't know how to help them. And so I think one of the, the important things that if you have a loved one who you think is struggling with anxiety or depression is to, to have that conversation and, you know, to, to make it clear that uh, what you're trying to do is you're trying to help, that you're concerned um, and, Oftentimes, um, you know, ex- expressing that concern and kind of exploring it can, can sometimes lead to um, natural solutions or maybe there are supports in the community that people can um, get in touch with through things like community agencies or churches um, uh, in advance of, you know, seeking more um, uh, health care services. And then if a family member of someone uh, is concerned, if you see a loved one struggling with their anxiety or depression and you don't know what to do, there is information on... Um, uh, on uh, My Health Alberta, which is a, a website that provides information through the government on a number of health conditions, or calling through 811. And um, even then, talking to our nurses, they can give you a, a sense as to what the signs are to worry about or when to um, become concerned. So, so as we finish everything off for this episode, again, here are some of the resources mentioned in the podcast if you or you know someone um, who might need them. A full list of Alberta health services, addiction, and mental health problems and services are available at myhealth.alberta.ca. For assistance with mental health concerns, advice on assisting others who may be suffering, or to locate a clinic, provincial mental health nurse, nurses are available 24 hours a day through HealthLink by dialing 811. Callers can also access the Alberta Mental Health Helpline toll-free at 1-877-303-2642. And for more information on the Do More Agriculture Foundation and a list of nationwide mental health resources, you can visit domore.ag. 
That's it for another edition of the Grains West podcast. You can read the digital edition of the magazine at GrainsWest.com, where you'll also find regular online-only stories. See you next time.